0: Welcome to the Baltimore Sports Today, recorded Thursday, July 18th, 2019. I'm Zach Wilt from BaltimoreSportsReport.com, joined as always by my good pal, Jabby Burns. How are you, Jeb?
1: Hey, Zach. Uh, it's great to talk to you. I think we've talked since, um, at least over tech, since our amazing dinner, which we'll get to today, when the uh, Wilt family invited Big Shooter to dinner, which was a fantastic night. So Zach, this has to be the first time. We've done this show a bunch of places, right? Yes. People know, here's a spoiler alert, Zach lives in Florida now. Oh, here we go. So Zach's in Florida. <laughs> I wish I lived in San Diego, but I'm in Maryland. And today, uh, I'm on the job. Hopefully, nobody from work is listening. i uh, watching a bunch of kids through my car window. That sounds weird, kids. Let me finish. Because um, I run a sports camp, and we're at the pool I got the laptop set up. It's one hundred and seventeen thousand degrees here, Zach. And uh, so this remote is a remote remote. This is like a double remote right here, which I like. So uh, sorry about the audio quality. If it's uh, if it's bad, it's me.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that uh, the technology allows you to do that at all. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, I got
1: your amazing rundown up here on the laptop. I'm watching kids play ping pong. I mean, <laughs> what a life I live, Zach.
0: I hope you got air conditioning in that car. I hope oh, you got that I going.
1: I you don't hear that. I, I actually turned it down so you didn't hear it blowing through the car. But it, it, trust me, it's feeling good. Zach, it was, seriously, I'm not kidding you, 159 degrees yesterday.
0: <laughs> and it poured. And it poured. Uh, oh,
1: of course, it poured. Because I wanted to go get a gosh and heart dog song. By the way, you created the hot dog race, get no credit for it, have a shirt before they came out with shirts, again, ahead of the curve, Zach Wiltz, just like we told them to have a plan, Zach, ahead of the curve once
0: again. Oh, man. I did, I I have to say, I did uh, really enjoy the promotion with the hot dog, $1 hot dog night thought that was pretty good. Uh, the, the three shirts looking pretty good there last night, the Orioles for a, a team that, you know, is, is going to be the worst team in baseball again this year. I tip my cap to them for coming up with some great promotions. The Brooks bobblehead earlier. I mean, amazing. One of the best bobbleheads I've seen in years. And and the hot dog thing is just fully embracing something that, you know, that I hated about uh, going to the ballpark. So I, I think it's great, man. Good, good for them.
1: Well, they're doing a great job. Uh, you know, and like I said, i said in the past, I worked down there. We did promotions, and we like the promotions that they've come up with in the last couple of years have been phenomenal. I think they've done an, a, a, just an amazing job um, coming up with things that really tailored not just the ball, bo- like the bobblehead craze is over, don't you think? Now it's kind of you got to get more creative. Either. You do. And now they're taking shirts made, which by the way looked pretty good. It did shirts um, from a thing that they do on the scoreboard. What what's next? They're going to give away crap? mallets and like, oh i'm sorry they've already done that they've already done you know what that I mean? like the barbecue thing i got sent to by our boy chris robinson who sent me his barbecue set because he knows i like to grill great listener um, just it's just awesome it's a cool thing that they're doing because the product gun feel is brutal but i'll tell you this zach we're still ahead of them in the mass and kept standings, my friend 39 and 32 going into last night's game trey mantini goes bomb twice make that 40 and 32 overall Passing Cup does reside right now down in the district, but we still have a shot to wrestle that thing back, Zach, as there's still, I think, three more games or two more games down in D.C. Um, later in August.
0: Late in, in August, yep. yep. Yep, and it's split right now. So, uh, you know, Nationals could be headed for the postseason. Orioles could be headed for a number one pick, but who cares because uh, the Cup's still up for grabs for, for the Orioles. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter what the rest of it says.
1: What do you think about the? I mean, nineteen and thirty-one, I think, was what they started. Back through fifty games, and now hottest team in baseball. are on the Scherzer's out a little bit, but I mean, what a turnaround! Gate. We were talking about Buck maybe being a possible replacement for Davey Martinez, and now he's got the team riding high. And the way the Phillies are going, the opposite way. If you're looking like at a stock market, the difference in you know what a month could make, basically. What do you? What is your vibe? I know I had the Nats going pretty deep in our preseason predictions. It didn't look good early. What What do you think now? They, do they look like a playoff team? And if they are, first of all, will they win a series? Or a playoff, you know, will it count if they win a wild card? That's my first question. Will that count as a series win? I don't think so. And number two, if they had to start Scherzer, Strasburg, or Corbin even, they're got to be the favorite over whoever it is out yeah. the Dodgers in a
0: wild card game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Um, man, does a wild card really game count as a series? series. That, that, that's, a, that's a hard one, man. That's, that's a hard question because to me, when the Orioles made it in 2012 and they won that game in Texas, I was like, look, man, oh that, hey, that's, that counts. <laughs> like, that, that's big. So who am I to take that away from the Nationals who are uh, still looking for that, that first playoff it, we, series? Joe Saunders
1: on the bump.
0: <laughs> Joe the, Saunders. The Colonel. It's amazing, amazing. So I don't know, man. I don't think I would take that away from them if uh, if that's how they they finally did it. They sure look like a playoff team to me, and I think the rotation, like you pointed out, is what truly makes them a, a real threat come October. Um, you know, I think they're finally living up to the expectations. This team has always been this talented. They just haven't put it all together, and now they're putting it all together at at exactly the right time. So. Uh, I think they're good. I still hope that the Orioles grab that cup, though, because, you know, that, that local rivalry, it, whether it's meaningless or not, is still something that I have a lot of fun with.
1: Yeah, I'm going to get into that, too, real quick before we head on to um, transition into the cash. Um, what do you think? Do you consider it a rivalry? Do we talk about this, or am I doing—I just feel like it's a fun— First of all, we own it. I don't know how it's a rivalry. We own it. But second of all— Well, why is it a rivalry? It really doesn't matter to either team, really, in the end. Every game matters, right? It's all the same, you know, wins and losses. But it's not like you get more geeked up. I enjoy it just because of the banter back and forth and some of the stuff that we've created, um, you know, here and with Scott and Jeremy and stuff. But I don't know. I don't consider I'm not angry at anybody on that team. I actually root for the Nats when I'm not rooting for the Orioles. I don't have a problem rooting for the Nats outside of, uh, you know, in a National League-type environment. Because it's, I don't know, it's good. We're still
0: getting half their paychecks, aren't we? Yeah, for now, until Major League Baseball decides to take that away. Um, You know, I think it depends on your definition of rivalry. To me, you know, I don't think you have to to hate the other team for, for it to be a rivalry. Um, and I do kind of view this as a friendly rivalry. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way, right? I, like, I don't think these two teams hate each other. They don't have a reason to hate each other. This isn't, you know, they're, they're not in the same division. They're not in the same league. They're not competing for the same playoff spot, whatever. Um, but it, it's fun that you have fans from right down the road, uh, who used to be Orioles fans who are now nationals fans that, um, you know, they, they come into town and we go into to their ballpark and there's the comparison and who's been more successful and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, I, I think that's fun and I, I would consider that a rivalry. I don't think it has to be heated, uh, but I yeah. think like a, a little local rivalry, yeah, I, w- I would consider it such. And, um you know, I'm, I'm the same way, right? Like the Orioles obviously are not going to be in the playoff picture this year or for what? years to come. And and you know what? I, I do kind of chuckle when the Nationals lose playoff series every single year. But, hey, if they were the team that made a run, uh, yeah, sure. That would be fun to watch. You know, they they play right down the road. We see them every year. That that would be a fun thing to see. And I'm not actively rooting against them, but I would still consider it like a friendly rivalry. If uh, that's how I would define it.
1: Yeah, and you know, we go down there every year down to D.C. Trust me, they, there's plenty of Oriole fans on the Green Line with me um, heading down there. And there's not any like squirmishes. We all go no. play bag ahead of time in that amazing left field spot. We throw high fives. We go to the red porch. And we watch the game. Orioles usually win, and when we leave, I mean, it's not. We go to Justin's <laughs> Cafe, too. We give them a shout out. It's a great, great spot if you're down there. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's a rivalry at all. I think it's cool, and, and I actually enjoy it. I think it's kind of cool between the two um, franchises. Um, I think it's only the owners that really hate each other. I think that's <laughs> about it. Yeah,
0: I think you're um, wrong about
1: that. Speaking of people that we do hate, though, Zach, I hate the Red Sox.
0: <laughs> I do as well, but that didn't stop uh, the Orioles from making a deal with the Red Sox and in, in trading Andrew Kashner, the first real big piece to, uh, to move here at the trade deadline. So Orioles sent Kashner uh, to the Red Sox for a couple of, uh, of prospects. They sent some cash as well. And I'm going to attempt do you want to attempt to announce these names, or do you want me to attempt to announce these names, Jabby Burns? I think names
1: he's... on this show is in your corner.
0: Man. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Ilio Prado and Noel Berth Romero, or the the two names at the 17 year olds, Jabby Burns, Burns. By
1: the way, Noel Berth is kind of a silly. <laughs> I wish it was B I R T H, like Noel Birth, like that's what happened. That day. oh, Noel Birth. All right, that's the
0: name. I'm probably way off, but that, that's uh, that's how it's spelled. So I don't know. Where's my wife who speaks Spanish when we record this podcast and could make me not uh, look so foolish? Is what I would probably say for your wife. <laughs> Tropaharing at uh, El Mickey. <laughs> yeah, well, she's not here. She's not here to help me with the, <laughs> the pronunciations. Um,
1: or are taking care of getting ready oh she's room ready
0: yeah that's that's coming together too yep that is coming together too <laughs> i have a crib to build jab that's that's on the I project' list and not for like later today
1: a crib brother like a real
0: no crib. no like a crib crib yeah no nope. <laughs> uh so the a crib couple in the crib Couple seventeen-year-olds. Um, they're going to transition there from the Dominican Summer League for the Red Sox uh, to the Dominican Summer League for the Orioles. Um, you know, not huge names. We don't know a ton about these guys. Uh, but you know, as MLB trade rumors points out, uh, Mike Elias has a, a pretty significant scouting experience in Latin America. You know, during his time with the, the Cardinals and Astros. So uh maybe some guys that that he had his eye on and that seems to be uh his his specialty so um this is a, a definitely a long-term move and a way to you know shed a little bit of cash and 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 part some n- no pun intended um you know part with a guy that that had a, a little bit of a market there and um we'll see how it pays off years down the road jab what did you think
1: well, first thing I would want to know, do you think Dan Duquette even knows that there's a Dominican summer? Leave? <laughs> That's the number one question I would <laughs> no. have. Number two, could that Dominican summer
0: leave of the Red Sox push the Orioles in a three-game series? <laughs> it's got to be close. got to be close. Think
1: about that. Uh, I think it's smart. I think what this guy's done is this, right? Cashner wasn't going to be here. He was at the height of his uh, powers in regards to Cashner, right? The last couple, I think, six starts, he hadn't given up more than three runs. I think he had his first start for the Red Sox and did what we all expected Andrew Cashner to do. He's not really the best fit for me, in my opinion, for the Red Sox. But that's how desperate they are for pitching. Sales been just brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, your boy, Her- your boy Erod's been up there, chunk heap five ERA. Barcelo's basically back being to being the Rick Barcelo that we'd probably expect. The offense isn't there either, so I think they're grasping. I think they're definitely the third. I think actually kind of really far down is the third. I think the I think the Yankees and Rays are head and shoulders better overall than, than the Red Sox are this year. So I don't see the Red Sox making the playoffs. So I think this is a no-brainer for the Orioles get rid of a guy in Cashner, who, by the way, is pitching at Camden Yards on Sunday if you want to go out there and pay your respects. Um, you you can do that. The, the thing is with the guys he keeps bringing in, the one thing I did like about it, and I just talked to Nate and I talked to a couple other guys who I respect a lot, is What they like about it is that the the Red Sox hated giving up these guys. They couldn't believe that anybody even knew who these guys were. (laughs) That's what my, back to my original point with Duquette is, we would just take guys because Dan had heard of them. These guys are actually putting boots on the ground in these spots now and seeing these guys and scouting these guys. And as you pointed out, he had been with the Cardinals. He had been with the Astros. Last time I checked, those are pretty good rosters. And some guys that you're like, well, where the heck did Jose Martinez come from? <laughs> where the heck did, you know, Carlos Correa, you know what I mean? I know Carlos Correa's a high pick, but you see what I'm saying? I mean, I think Altuve was, I think he was given like $5,000, or $15,000, something absurd to sign, at, you know, Young. So I'm not saying either one of these guys are going to become that, but guess what Andrew Kasher is not going to do? He's not going to really help this organization as it is. And right. if we are embracing the tank, which I am embracing, because it doesn't really matter if you embrace it or not, it's happening. <laughs> Andrew Kasher is only a liability for the Orioles to lose games, because he actually could maybe go five
0: innings. Yeah. <laughs> and I won't be able to see my boy, you know, i get a dub. So, you
1: know, <laughs> no, and I, 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 you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's, either whether these guys pan out or not, who cares? I just like the direction, yep. as you pointed out many times, a direction of where we're going. We're actually having the, uh, Domin- we're going with the Dominican. We're doing the draft. We're doing the different things that are a little bit more what these teams are doing. So, you know what? For me, who cares? Castro's gone, I could have got a bag of balls. If you got a triple A guy who's gonna help you in triple A, who cares? By the way, the Orioles minor league system, which I think you have on the run down here, on fire overall. Not even just pitching, um, different organizations and when your boy Adley hasn't even joined the joined the ranks.
0: Yep. Yep. Well and and that's a really important part of this whole thing too, is that I think every time the Orioles make a trade, the fans say, "Oh, well, you know, where's this guy gonna? What kind of role is this guy gonna play in the future of this team?" And that's not that's not always how it works. What you what you have to remember about the Orioles is that a lot of this is is restocking the farm too, right? I mean, they're going from being one of the worst farm systems in baseball to climbing the ranks, which they have done, and we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, And having depth in those systems, you know, you don't have to have a spot for. Uh, some 17-year-old that you acquired in a trade with the Red Sox, but if that's a piece that improves your farm system and could be a piece for you to move down the road, then yeah, that's certainly a win. And and that's kind of the mindset that Orioles fans are going to have to be in. That not every single one of these guys, and I expect to see more moves uh, here in in the next few days. Not every one of these guys that they're getting in return is is going to be you know that piece on the on the field at Camden Yards, but they could be a piece that makes this farm system even stronger and, and could be moved down the road for something that, that uh, is a big part of the next winning Orioles franchise. So um, yeah, keep, the, keep I, that I, in mind.
1: Yeah. And I think that they've, they're going to continue to do that. And I do think they'll, they'll probably get a better minor leaguer, um, maybe in, in the eyes of some of these fans that you talk about for Michael Givens. Yep. Um, Cause I do think he'll get moved. It'll be a better, I think he's a better, better piece. Definitely. I think he's pitched well enough in the last, I don't know I think it's been I don't know I think he's had one dud, but in between that he's been really, really good, um, and I think he's a perfect bridge guy for a team that could use a bridge to get back. I think he screens nationals for me uh-huh. um, with Doolittle being there because i don't I don't believe in Rodney. I know everybody thinks that he throws on no there's a reason why I mean he's forty whatever i just I would much rather have and if, it's not going to hurt the nationals they have so much talent in their minor league system, clearly Juan Soto hurt of him um <laughs> that, that they don't have to worry about that. Um, in regards to getting somebody for, and I think that the, or the problem is, and I, I know that you wrote down here, do you think that Elias won't be able to work with Rizzo because of the constraints of the Masson deal, or do you think that they're both above that? Because I think Rizzo is a kind of guy that, like, kind of runs everything down there, and if you think it's a good deal and it's going to help his team, I think he might be the only person that's able to tell the learners what's what. Um, I know he's lost a couple power struggles with managers and stuff, but overall, He's got a lot of power for an organization that you know who the owner is, right? I mean, you know who the owner of the, the national is because they have so much influence. Um, I think they could make that deal. And I think Elias is also given that same leash. And I think, like, they're saying, like, go out and do whatever you need to do. I don't care who it's with. Um, you know, go ahead and make the best deal possible. The easy one is with the Phillies, right? The Phillies, yep. we've got plenty of guys up there that know Michael Givens that are from our organization. You have uh, McPhail up there. You have yep. Clemtech up there. You have all the guys that know Givens and basically we're part of at least scouting him, if not drafting some of the guys that are up there so they know what they have there. Plus, on the vice versa, you kind of know what the Phillies have too, right? I mean, that, those two teams are pretty mirrored in an interesting way, and I feel like Elias does a lot of work So I expect it if either one of those two teams. Because can you scream any other teams that need a guy like him more than those two teams? I don't. I I I guess they could more riches for the Yankees, but I don't even know where he would pitch in the Yankees spot. And with the the Rays, it doesn't seem like a Rays type move. I don't anticipate Rays doing a lot. They're pretty strong everywhere. Everywhere
0: they are. They are. You you know, everybody. Every serious contender needs a reliever, so it's always a, a good. Um, trade piece to have the deadline, but the Phillies and Nats are by far the best fit uh If you thought that trading within the division for the Red Sox was weird, I think trading with the nationals is going to be really weird, but I do think um you know it's it's my belief that based on everything we've read and everything we've heard, jab that Elias has that reign now right that that he is able to make some of those moves that. Uh, previous, uh, general managers within this organization weren't able to make. So I think it'll come down to what the learners want to do with, uh, you know, from, from their side with Rizzo, um, less so than kind of what the Angeloses want to do with, with Elias. I think that they've really given him, uh, you know full control over it. Although, you know, I guess we'll see cuz I do think the Nats are a better fit than the Phillies, but both teams are good fits. One thing that's really yeah. important about Givens that that I want to point out is yeah, while while, you know, he's had some ups and downs, I do think that he'll be a valuable piece for both of those teams. The fact that he's being paid 2.15 million dollars controlled uh, through arbitration through 2021, that is yeah. huge for the Orioles, man. Yeah, that is value. enormous. Yes, it adds value and you know, seeing the, the Nats and the Phillies, two teams that not only expect to be in the in the picture this year, but for years to come, talking about uh, trading for, for a lever that has control through 2021, that's big. And, uh, and yeah, you that's should expect a it, decent return.
1: I think the Nationals are a, a favorite in that, too, especially because of the way they like to structure their deals, too, and that the learners are historically cheap. Like, it's okay to say, because they, they have just really undercut a lot of guys that they didn't think they needed. Um, so that would be appealing to them, especially, like you said, they're going to be good for a couple years and to have given there, knowing that you have a guy that should be being paid more based on what he does in an eighth-inning bridge to do little because I don't think Rodney will be there next year. And then some of the arms they can bring up, that kind of lengthens that bullpen a little bit more when you know one of their fifth starters in Eric Fetty or Foth or whatever doesn't get through four or five innings and you got to kind of bridge it back. Givens is best, honestly, when he's not used a lot. Though he, he's one of those that he you get his best stuff. He's really, really good. But when he's been used a lot or a little bit, you know, a couple days in a row, he's not one of those guys that you know you can throw out there like a Darren O'Day would or somebody along those lines, especially with the arm angle aspect. But I agree with you. I think he's definitely somebody. And the other thing is, if Trey Turner goes down, Givens can play short.
0: <laughs> there you go. He's got the experience.
1: No, I like Michael Gibbons too, and I told you I want him to be our closer, and it just, you know, for years, and it just it never really materialized for whatever reason, but, um, no, I'd be happy for him, and I would like for him to get to a good organization. Another guy you have on here, too, though, by the way, is probably the biggest piece for the Orioles to move, and, uh, that's one Trey, Trey, Trey Bomb Mancini. But Michael Elias ain't having that kind of talk,
0: Zach. I don't think he—he's his quotes are very interesting about Mancini. You know, I don't buy for a second that Elias isn't out there shopping Mancini. But I do think that he's playing it right by by saying that uh, he's only going to move him. Uh, you know, if if he gets blown away by some deal, and okay, he, we'll take one, Soto. Okay. <laughs> he called him quote a very big part of the future of this team and. Uh, you know, re- reiterating that uh, that the team is, quote, in a position uh, in our competitive cycle where we need to be open to anything that comes our way. So I think that the biggest part of those quotes, by the way, which I pulled from uh, from com, biggest part of those quotes is the second part where they need to be open to anything that comes their way. Um, I, you know, I don't really think and and I don't think Elias truly thinks that Mancini is a is a big part of the future of this club. We've talked about it at Length Jab, you know, that the Orioles are not going to be good. Um, you know, uh, for a few years, and Mancini is not going to be a part of the club during that time. But it's the right thing to say. I think it it publicly adds a little bit more value to uh, to Mancini. Other GMs that are you know reading that, other teams that are reading that, it's the right thing to say. But come on, the guy—he's the biggest trade piece that the Orioles have. They're shopping him hard.
1: Uh, yeah though because i feel like there's this domino effect you had your cashier which i was kind of surprised it went that early um actually in game too by the way because he was in the dugout for game one on saturday versus the yankees and then was traded in between games which is always fun to find weird um but then it was like all right next up givens Givens must be up next you know what i mean like it was right. like this, this thing is it because now you know most people know that there's only one trade deadline this year and so there's no non-roster or non what is that what was it before the waiver
0: uh, the non-waiver trade deadline?
1: Non-waiver, right? So everybody's got to get their deals done. So I think it's going to ramp up definitely coming up this week and into the next week. Your Strowmans, will Mad Bum go with their way they're moving? So I think that's where it kind of comes down to, where these guys – now, mostly of these people will be looking for pitching. I can't think of many guys on the market, honestly, that are hitters, right? Everybody goes for pitching at the deadline. Would Mancini get enough – is he more valuable to you on this team – in the next couple of years to help develop some other guys, be that guy? Because Chris Davis is clearly not. Um, or can you get something for him? I think the Orioles are in another advantageous position in that they don't have to get rid of him. Right. And you know what I mean? And if something works out, maybe even in the off season, where you've got a winner meetings, that kind of thing maybe. You know what I mean? Like, so there are – I think the Orioles hold all the cards, as the kids would say.
0: Yeah. They do, they do, and uh, you know, no kids
1: I kids say that.
0: No kids say that. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying not to read, I'm trying not to read too much into it, but I, I do, you know. Uh, I think Elias is a smart guy. I think he knows that Mancini's 27, that he's you know earliest free agent years 2023, but also that is his value going to be as high as it is right now. I, I think Mancini gets dealt, and I think it gets dealt for whatever the best deal that that they get is because who knows what's going to happen next year? I mean, do you believe that, that he is, you know, going to continue to, uh, to hit 285 like he's hitting right now? I mean, do, do we think that that's a thing that's going to happen? I don't know that I do. Um, I don't know that I would take the risk on it. Um, so I would, I would take what's best available.
1: I have to say he has an old, he had an O for 26. He snapped a couple nights ago, hit two bombs yesterday, but, um, that's a strong two eighty five if you think about it too, because he's got nobody around him. If yeah. you're pitching to Trey Mancini, I doesn't make I get it. Santander is pretty silly. I get it. He's, you know, you gotta worry about him or Dwight Smith Jr., who, by the way, I think is over his last thirty. Um, or you know, God forbid you get Chris Davis moved up in the lineup. I mean, Cisco is basically the one that's giving him protection. Think about that. <laughs> Cisco is Trey Mancini's protection. So, unless you hit him leadoff, you know he's gonna. That's amazing that he's getting enough pitches to hit within a game because he's the only guy that can create it. So I think that's you might as well make that three fifteen. I mean that's Tony Gwynn <laughs> right there, the way that he's being protected. So um, I think Trey's been great. You and I aren't as big a fans of Trey. I don't think as other people are. Right. Um, my whole thing was he played four years. I don't know. I, I think it's great that he went to school for four years, but there's a reason why he wasn't taken earlier. Um, I think he's probably at the peak of his powers.
0: Agreed. Point, I don't,
1: Agreed. You know what I mean? I mean, he's got some power numbers here. He's got some holes. He doesn't really have a position. He's made himself into a pretty average outfielder. I thought he was really bad a couple years ago. I think he's really made himself into a bad. I think first base a pretty overrated position, so I think if you got, if you can catch it, everybody thinks you're amazing. Um, I don't know. I, I just think that there's not this huge market, so whatever you can get, if you can garner something for Trey Manzini, and it's good, go ahead, man. Yep,
0: yep, that's where I'm at. too.
1: Because I'm not, hating. I, it sounds like from every all accounts, an amazing dude. I just well liked. I've never heard a person say a bad thing about him. So you know, I, I root for him if he went somewhere else. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, at this point, just it's not even to burn it down. Really, it's already burnt down, right? Right. Why not we start building some foundations? Find some good stuff. We're basically like a a uh, couple going into get a new kitchen, and they're picking out now the countertops. They're picking out now what the floor is going to look like. You've got to start kind of comparing. You get your swatches. Zach, you're going to do this at some point in your life. You're going to, you know, you do all these things, <laughs> and then you start to see stuff. And then the guys come in, and they start putting stuff down, and then you're like, oh, yeah. So you start seeing it from the kids, right, And in the minor leagues, which we're going to get to here in a second. Um, that's when you start seeing the fruits. And then when it's finished, that's when you're the Astros.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. I like that blueprint. Let's talk
1: about the farm. Like before we, you know, we bore everybody with Trey Manzini, what, what, I mean, let's talk about something good with the Orioles as we do the old package. Something good, something average, and then something good at the end
0: here. I, I like that. So, you know, some some great things happening for the Orioles down on the farm. Uh, fan graphs updated their uh, farm system rankings. The Orioles jumped from number 22 to 14. The only reason that's big for, for me, Jab, is that they're in the top half of the league at 14. That's, that's amazing to see, and um, a, a steady climb. And I think a big part of that is a couple guys who have uh, have been performing really well. Uh, earlier this week, we saw uh, Michael Bauman uh, throwing a no hitter at Double A Bowie, ninety four pitches. He's a twenty three year old uh, third round pick from from two thousand seventeen. A no hit the Senators. Um, pretty pretty awesome to see. Pretty amazing to see. Um, and, you know, on a night when the Orioles, I think they lost 8-1 to that night, it was nice to get the notification from MLB.com that something awesome had happened within the organization.
1: <laughs> I like it when something awesome, is that what it said, too? Something <laughs> awesome happened for
0: <laughs> <laughs> For your team that's, that's losing at the big league level, <laughs> don't worry, because your third-round awesome pick happened, ruined no And favorite. you
1: can get a catch-up shirt tomorrow. Um, no, I love it. Michael Bauman was awesome. The coolest thing I heard he was on Scott and Jeremy yesterday. Maybe um, they had him on the day, whatever the day after his. Uh, no, no, the um, it was great. Bowie, uh, the buoy uh, grounds crew crew offered him the mound or uh, the rubber.
0: Nice, the that's cool.
1: Like, uh, I mean. Do other people take this? Like, he did not <laughs> want to be the guy to take it, but he was like, he was really cool And He's like, I didn't know if other people take it. He said, Yeah, yeah, that's fine. We haven't had a lot of no hitters down here, the guy said from the ground <laughs> river. So he took that too. So, anytime, the best part about it, did you already mention this, that he was throwing basically 97 at the end, even though he started at 93?
0: Crazy. Crazy. I love it. Awesome. Yep.
1: So that's some good stuff. And, of course, you got you got you got our guy Grayson, who's down there on fire, too, and um, all the Delmarva guys. I mean, Delmarva's going to be uh, on fire in the playoffs. And Bowie's making a nice run, too. All the Basically, all the teams in the minors, the Orioles minor leagues, that really kind of play playoffs should be, if not playing in a playoff series. Um, definitely Delmarva Marva be. But Bowie's making a run, too. So, you know, it, it's nice to see that things are starting to kind of – you can kind of actually watch some of those things and – you, um, myself, and your father, who I spent one hell of a night with, drinking the biggest cartoon-sized <laughs> margaritas I've ever seen, <laughs> and learning everything there is to know about good Mexican food, which is just a fabulous <laughs> night. Which will, which was what we'll close with today, Zach. Because we forgot to do that in the rundown. I never um, um, you know we did. You know we're going back and forth, and I, you know, you put a picture about his team. I hate I when we're good, or I can't wait till we're good. Yeah. And I put four years, and you said you would love that four years. Are you? I mean are you seeing fruits at that point? Are you challenging in four years, are you saying, or are you starting to see some things and they're kinda of like five hundred and they're about to get a run?
0: I mean I think we're I think we're seeing some good things happen right now, you know. I, I think your I think your timeline is uh is pretty accurate. I think that there'll be a, a serious contender in in four years. I think that you know, I I, I look back at uh at what the Orioles did leading up to 2012 and they finished, you know, an exciting year in 2011 and that's kind of how things happen, right? Uh, um you'll start to see guys come up and and maybe speed up that timeline a little bit um and, and you know be an exciting team. The difference between 500 and and a wild card team is is not it's not that tough of a reach, you know. Um, and I think we forgot that as Orioles fans for, you know, a couple decades when they were under 500 decade and a half, I should say, uh, when they were under 500, but you know, you jump from 81 wins to how many, you know, how many do you need 88 wins and you're in the wild card conversation?
1: 88 to 90 is always right in the mix. Yeah. yeah.
0: And I, and I mean, that's, that's not a, a substantial jump. It's, it's, you know, a decent jump, but it's not a substantial jump. So. I think there will be a 500 team before then. I think they'll be pushing. Yeah. Um, I, I think your timelines, you know, pretty pretty close to accurate. But I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing. You know, I, I did see the tweet from uh, our pals at Bird's Eye View saying, uh, you know, just to put it in perspective, that Radimus is Liz through a no hitter and buoy in 2007. We know how that all panned <laughs> out. How dare you? How uh, dare you, Jake? <laughs> Actually, Scott. No way, Jake would write that. <laughs> But, uh, little. Not little at all, baby. hey man, we're, we're also seeing good things from Yusneil Diaz who uh, came over in the Manny Machado trade and a uh, oh, really yeah. good, really good piece in the sun today about, um, you know, some of the tweaks that he's made with their hitting coach, um, to his swing. A lot of the pressure that came along with being the prospect and the Manny Machado deal. Uh, his That's his wife just had a, had a baby. I know he's got me beat by a few months, but uh, and and a bunch of years, by the way, because he's way younger than I am. <laughs> yeah, I think he's 22. Yeah, he's he's way ahead of me there. Um but you know, uh, it's nice to see we Patrick Guthrie spoke really highly of him, our our good pal who who knows a ton okay. about baseball and works in the industry and stuff, uh spoke really highly about Diaz and I think some Orioles fans were down on him after uh he he came here last year and and didn't finish the year as strong as we hoped. And um he had a decent spring, but they sent him to Bowie and started a little bit slow, but hey, he's hitting two ninety-one, three seventy-eight, six eighteen. Uh, with with eight homers and 31 RBI since June 12th. So um, oh, sure. things are going well for him. I think he's finally starting to relax a little bit. And I, and I do think that he's going to be, you know, what we expected him to be when he came over. Is he a replacement for Manny Machado? I, you know, that TBD, I don't think so. I don't think that there are many guys that uh, become Manny hey, Machado. Box, man. But hey, that
1: trade all the way around, though.
0: But 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 you know what I I think I think will be a big piece I think it will be a big piece so yeah. I'm excited yeah,
1: he'll he'll be the one cause there's I, I mean the other guys in that are you know they're kind of th- not throw ins because you when you, have, when you trade for Manny Machado you're not throw ins but you know Diaz was the centerpiece and I agree I'm glad that he was able to talk about that I do think you know all kidding aside having a kid does you change everything got a perspective all of a sudden changes it's not about you now you're playing for somebody else um, and I think that that'll be great for him to kind of Hone his craft and move faster through the organization. They're going to give him a shot too, right? Because he's always going to be known as the guy who got traded for Manny Machado, right? So that's uh, that's a label that will always be with him. Which it's tough, you know, good or bad, it's just the way it is.
0: Yeah, yep, that's the reality of it. But uh, exciting to see. It's it's nice to see the farm system move up in the rankings. See uh, some good headlines with the no hitter. Diaz performing well. Put Rushman in that organization. Whatever they get at the trade deadline things are things are looking up, you know I, I understand yeah. day in and day out it's it's tough it's it's tough to watch, but um,
1: it, to get, it, it was tougher honestly earlier in the year because you saw how bad they were and you realized it now it's almost like you've broken up with her for a month and now you're kind of over it, and you kind of creep back at her Facebook page once in a while, but you're like overall you're like that's fine, whatever it is what it is, and now you're kind of trying to get yourself better right like you look at this team and you go every night, you watch them because you love them, right? You love watching the team, you love watching the games, but you don't, you don't anticipate anything big going to happen. Something happens and they win some games here and there. That's great. I still am embracing the tank. I want to see the players. I, I don't think there's a player on the roster that I'm going to see in the next four years anyways.
0: Yep, so agreed. I'm just
1: enjoying them. And, you know, it's baseball, so I don't care. I like watching other teams anyways, but I'm a nerd. Speaking of nerds, Zach, um, I don't know why I I I'm going to transition from nerds to an amazing night. Um, <laughs> what was the name of the restaurant,
0: Toro Bravo.
1: Okay, let me give five uh, shout-outs to Toro Bravo. I didn't know this area of town existed, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, when your father sent that to me, I was like, well, I mean, he's definitely off his rocker. Gee, money is hit. He's hit the, you know, he's getting close to retirement here. You know, he's really oh, <laughs> he's, he's Not all everything's cranking. You know, this place is probably in the middle. of it. What an amazing find. First of all, next to the biggest royal farms I've ever seen. <laughs> and then, you go in, couldn't be nicer. Place is super clean. He let me have a spot so I could be like him because I like to face the door because I'm a narcissist and think everybody's going to come in and shoot us up. And uh, no, but nothing happened. Amazing. And your sweet, sweet niece, (laughs) that that be... (laughs) Yes.
0: Yep. She
1: she took over the show. We were trying to do our own show, me and G-Money, but... We weren't able to do that because she wasn't getting enough
0: attention. <laughs> yeah, she's hilarious. It was it was it was a fun night, man. Good Mexican food. They've got a place in uh, in Annapolis too, downtown Annapolis as well um, that I, I highly recommend if you're in the area. So, uh, thanks for making the trip, man. It was it was great. It was so good to see you. It was it was a good time. It's always fun. I,
1: lo- I lo- like I said, I love your family. I got to spend more time with your mom than I ever have, and she's she's an amazing lady. And I can tell runs the whole program over there. Um, brothers and and uh, and uh, brother in laws. Your sister and I are starting our own fantasy league.
0: The <laughs> whole thing going on. Um, she she was I, excited. I, I, as soon as I get there,
1: and your dad plops me. I'm telling you the like, size of my head. Uh, <laughs> a margarita, which is freaking amazing. Your dad took that thing down and then moved right on and over to the uh, um, Modelo, which is a more professional.
0: <laughs> I know, and he stole my order.
1: He stole your order?
0: Yeah, you don't remember that? Oh I... yeah,
1: that's right. You guys got the same bit, and then uh, <laughs> the brother, the brother-in-law of yours, who weighs maybe a hundred pounds, soaking wet with rocks in his pocket, ate the biggest burrito I've ever seen. <laughs> that was so impressive. Oh, so genuine.
0: That was a yeah, good time. Good
1: night, good, just good stuff. And then, uh, you know, I, I think that day was great for you too because you were able to go to all kinds of places. You, you hit DC. You yeah.
0: Got, uh, you, you basically invented the scooter. I, I well, I don't know. I can't take credit for that one. I'll take credit for the hot dog stuff, but the scooter thing, I was late to, but that was a blast. That was a good time.
1: Yeah, G Money was. Uh, he said he was a little dicey on the uh, scooter stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he did fine. Yeah, he did a good job. Both yeah, of them did. My my mom did too. It path. was fun. We ran them all over the place. It was a good time. That's a good time. And that was before yeah. it was uh, 120 degrees there. So we had some nice days when I was there.
1: So, 190. It's so terrible. Yeah. This place sucks. <laughs> um, so we're um, we'll be back again probably by the end of the month. Talking to some trade deadline see if some things happen, uh, and then we're definitely going to do another remote back from the mean streets of Mission Beach coming up. I love the it. Beach show we're talking love about. it. And it always coincides with usually the trade
0: deadline, too. Yes. So that's
1: always fun. And I will be going to see, speaking of Manny Machado, I will be seeing Manny Machado's batting practice up close and personal at an L.A. Dodgers-San Diego Padre game. Well,
0: we need a full Padre report practice. of that, for sure.
1: Oh, you'll get a full report. It's called Instagram. <laughs> i be making it all about me and Manny, um, as my son Jackson will
0: be wearing his Machado orange jersey. Uh, Noah's got that big, you know, those signs you get up Conway Street, up on the side. You oh, know, yeah. He's going to bring that. Nice.
1: So, uh, hopefully, Manny's not as douchey as he, sounds, as he
0: seems like. And hopefully <laughs> well, we'll get a report back. We will know. We'll bring that to the listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, well, don't
1: think I don't know football's coming either, people. Football is coming. I'm going to talk to my boy, Andrew Holly. Yes. Not, not Johnny Ravens, but I'd like to talk about, you know, other things and you know the gambling side the you know the drafting side uh maybe i can muscle g money into our fantasy football league with your sister so we got a lot we got a lot coming up here in the next month or so so stay with us and i am gonna find where is patrick guthrie i'm gonna find patrick guthrie get him on the show all
0: right i can't wait i can't wait for now i need to let you get out of that car and make sure your kids are all right so i'm gonna let you do that jabby burns great talking to you my friend good to catch up always enjoy it thanks pal you too For Jab, I'm Zach. Thanks for listening to Baltimore Sports today. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again soon.